Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome to Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 253. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around by Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey, meeting daily challenges, just like you out there. And that's why we're here. And we are on this No Church Answers Tour. And we're glad that you've joined us. And our No Church Answers uh, video show can be streamed from our Man Up Spiritual Oasis YouTube page. So subscribe, hit the like button, and leave a comment. And thank you so much. Our podcast, of course, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So please rate our podcast and leave a review. And what we do here is we get a group of fellows and we take a scripture and we update it, put a man spin on it, and we send it around the table in this group discussion. And I can tell you, I have a problem with this particular parable, and I'm sure you guys might have guessed this ahead of time. But anyway, with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce the panel at this time. He is a former world-class policy writer, which I'm not really sure what it is, but it's awesome. And uh, But he is a current professional gambler, and that is very awesome. He's the show producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Yo. Steve. A former prosecutor and attorney, all-around good guy. We call him the judge, kind of the group historian. It's Michael Cropper. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Mike. And back, and I haven't checked to make sure that he has a written excuse from his wife or his employer. But employer granted. <laughs> <his guy. laughs> employer, okay. And uh, he is kind of the group theologian. He is a big deal in the training development. We call him Professor Robert Koshu. Oh, he is back. Robert. <clears throat> and my name is Bill Cox. And once we get into this parable, you'll understand why. Because uh, I was raised on a pig farm, but I am a contractor and kind of a... Uh, indie filmmaker and writer and with that i'm gonna just jump right in and turn it over to mr steve Ditch. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear about your, your problem with it um that's right it, because it's 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 always good when we we start off that way i i we're, we're going to talk about the uh, parable of the is the the rich fool uh a, a rather well-known parable uh michael likes to reference it quite a bit um, and, and, you know, concerning the fellow who, who had a big harvest and built a whole new barn, put it all in there and found out his number was up that very evening. Um, the, there's lots to unpack. And, and the traditional reading, of course, is that we should be storing up our treasures in heaven and not storing up material treasures and the value of treasures in this world are fundamentally insecure. And that, that reading is not wrong. I, in, in fact, it's pretty much on the money. But it's, it's also a rather a surface look at things because um, the, way, the way sometimes we approach it in, in churches and in Sunday schools is that we frame it in a sort of a wealthy versus poor uh, Standpoint, and that it's the wealthy who are putting their uh, all their hopes and 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 uh, and value on material world, while us working stiffs, well, we we know what it's all about. My contention here is that the, the parable goes a little deeper, and that that everybody, rich or poor, can be susceptible to being greedy. Excellent, uh, Michael Cropper. I'm not greedy. That was not a church answer. (laughs) (laughs) I know. know. All right, folks. Today, uh, God gives us every good thing we have. He gives us health, wealth, He gives us joy. Uh, It's whether or not we use it, take it, use it. As a Christian, we should view wealth as having adequate resources to meet our needs. God also gives us our wives, our families, 
And how we love them and how we appreciate them is up to us as well. God also gives us the opportunity to acknowledge that he is the provider of our needs. In fact, all things, all good things come from him. He, gave, he gives those same things, however, to non-believers as well. In other words, he blesses both the believers and the non-believers. Now, many times we think of wealth as a lot of money, which, of course, will be mentioned in the parable today, uh, which can, that can be a distorted definition, as I just mentioned. God promises to give us what we need, and usually that is more than we need if we're good stewards of what he gives us. So today's parable talks about a man who has a great deal of wealth, much more than he needs. And he's very absorbed in himself, and he does not acknowledge God. And unfortunately, there are consequences when we do not acknowledge God and give back part of what he has given to us. We must remember that God wants us to thank him for all he has given us, and he gives us every opportunity to do it. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu. So Jesus turned the entire religious social structure on its head with his parables. Not only the last two, but really all of them. He he just he and and we we miss it because outside of Bill, and I'm gonna say even for Bill, it's dated. You haven't worked a pig farm in what thirty oh, something years? Absolutely. Thirty yeah. absolutely thirty years. You know? And even <clears throat> Bill's I mean, y'all had irrigation and Yes, we did. <laughs> and and tractors <laughs> yes. and and so the agricultural nature of Jesus's parables sometimes cause us to kind of lose the perspective because we can't relate because you know we're not out tilling the soil by hand as it were every day to just to survive. But this is a parable that I, I'm kind of with you, Steve. There's so much, and actually, when Bill reads the text, we'll come back and we'll talk about it, but I think the depth of the explanation of the parable is in the, is in the question itself. I think the question itself reveals the depth of the parable. Bill? Excellent, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the parable, and it is from Luke 12, uh, 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. And what I was going to, uh, and, and I get that, um, this parable because re- honestly I, I think it comes down to life does not consist in abundance of possessions and I get that the 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 distinction that I have is about the actual parable <coughs> itself hey bless you Mike sorry and <clears throat> uh, we had barns okay also and the, the thing a lot of people don't understand is when you have a good year uh, say you're raising corn like we did. So did your neighbors. <laughs> you know, you all had the same climate. Okay, so typically you might you might have a great year, but then the price will be down because everybody has I, it. I was going to say the price is down at that yeah, the, point. The price is down. If you want to be lazy, don't farm. And let me tell you a little bit about farmers, and I do know something about them. 
if you're a fool, you won't be a farmer long. I can guarantee that. And the uh, the thing about it is, I, I think the deeper meaning, though, is this. Everybody's important in life. And this particular parable, this guy, he was shutting it down. He's, he was throttling it back. You know, I'm tearing down these barns, then I'll have plenty of grain for a long time. He was throttling it back. We never did. Farmers, we're preparing for the next season because, I mean, hey, taxes, you might own the land, but you still got to pay taxes on it. That ground has to produce. You cannot be lazy and be a farmer. And I think this parable, though, was using it for people that all of a sudden, hey, man, I made it. And then I'm that, stopping. Yeah, that is that is really if you the first interesting thing you run across of, because Jesus brings up the greed word. He says, "Greed, no, don't be greedy." And then he gives this illustration. Now, when we think of greedy conventionally, we think of you know Mr. Scrooge, uh, right. the the guy you know in his counting house, counting money, wealthy but never taking time to enjoy his wealth, always wanting more and more. And in this story, right off the bat, this guy gets a windfall. This is right. this is the guy who yep. wins the lottery. This is the guy, and, and, right. and he. So you don't see him going back and saying, "I got to make more." I got to. He he's he's kind of saying, "I got it made." It's and, over. And which which opens the door to other interesting things. But to start with, we we see. We see that being the crust and the coming back. Let's go back to what you're saying. Yes, that's why oh. I titled oh, this yeah. podcast what, the, what I did. The title of this episode is Ubi Est Mia, which is a little tongue-in-cheek. It literally means, that's Latin for, where's mine? Yeah. And yeah. that's what this guy is well, asking. And, and don't we all? Well, and, <laughs> the, and, and where it starts is, is you have to understand in, in it's not like it, was, it is now. Now, nowadays, if you have kids, unless you just hate one of your mm-hmm. children, you typically, or there's some kind of special circumstance mm-hmm. going on, you typically divide your estate semi-equally among your children. Mm-hmm. In Jewish law, older kid got it. Got oh, excuse most, me, excuse yeah. me. I, I misstated for a moment. Older son, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. not daughter, son got it all. And everybody else got nothing. And so this starts with a younger brother who's going, hey, yo, Jesus, you know, you're talking all this equality and everything's great. Tell your, tell my brother he's got to split that inheritance with me. He, he's wanting Jesus to go a step beyond with the Jewish custom. And Jesus pretty much ignores him <laughs> and then goes and tells this story. Well, and actually, he, the story addresses exactly what well, he's bringing he, up. Well, he's telling him, hey, look, dude, seriously, don't worry about where yours is. And I think yeah. I, I think the true, the true Christian approach to this really is, I don't need to worry. It, it, it really goes back to Tenth Commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's cattle, thy neighbor's servant, you know, anything that your neighbor had. It really settles back to that where it's, don't be looking at the guy next door going, well, he's got a Lamborghini and a nice Chevy truck, and I only got a poor Dodge truck. You know, why, why don't I have a Lamborghini and a, and a nice Chevy truck? It, it's really, and I, I love the title, Where's Mine? Because that's what it's boiling down to is where is mine? You know, and it, it's not about that. It's not about how much riches you have. It's about not wanting what other people have, number Mm -hmm. one, but then number two, and I think this is the part of the story, Mike, where it comes in, how are you dealing with your assets? I'm going to make a thought that this guy, I'm betting he pulled the harvest all the way to the road. (laughs) Oh, like didn't leave the gleaning. Didn't Didn't leave leave the the gleaning. Yeah, I want to know why. Why God gets to call a man a fool, but we can't. <laughs> Jesus said very clearly, if if you say raka to a person, you stand to be judged. 
And he says, if you call him a fool, you really stand to be judged. And the prior scriptures to that, he says, he says, you stand in 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 view of a judgment if you murder somebody. Jesus compares these particular thoughts of a being a man being a fool as being equivalent with murder. Mm-hmm. Now, I started looking at this. Very, it is very interesting because. Today we kid a lot, and we and we sometimes call each other names. In fact, we even say we're foolish. We say we're fools. Back then, apparently, a fool was someone who was not only wicked, but he was devoid of all, all wow. reason. And back then, when you call somebody a name, you better be careful, and you better be able to back it up, because then you could get killed or beat up bad. You they didn't know they didn't joke about. Right, calling each right. other names. Right. And, and Jesus said, let your yes, yes be yes. Let your yes be yes, God, no, no, God, be no. Gets to, God gets to judge. To answer your first question. <laughs> I but, know but, that. but let's go but back to the radical aspect. Because these parables, and, and, and I know you, and you always talk about this, Robert, parables, they're, they're exaggerated stories. In oh, a way. yeah. No, Jesus they, exaggerates they, in them. I love them. Um, which, why is I like why, so, which is why yeah. we've got to be careful about, about certainly taking away the meaning and the interpretation, but not always taking them precisely as literal as, as they, they come across. So, so, but but yeah. I'm going to follow on it's what you're saying. This is, this is what God calls this, man, this farmer, a fool, and everything yeah. gets rolled. If you, if, if you, take, the, if you take Jesus' exaggeration into account, that, that's, where, that's how this guy appears to God. Here he was. He was bopping along. He was you know, putting on his white, you know, his, his tie and tails, getting ready to hit the town. And you know, he's the envy of his neighborhood. And God says, you know, you fool, with everything that's implied in that. And, <laughs> and so, so yeah, right. how is it, that coming it, across? It, that it, comes, it's it, coming exactly across to the audience the way you're, you're, you're saying well, here. Without, exactly. If you don't know and look into the back mm-hmm. of it, the, the, a, a fool then was someone mm-hmm. who was not only sinful, mm-hmm. he was damned to hell mm-hmm. because of what he did and how he mm-hmm. acted. It was the most horrible mm-hmm. insert, insult you can mm-hmm. call somebody back mm-hmm. then. Bill. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first break. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, We hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 253, talking about the parable of the farmer who tore down his barns and built larger ones. Uh, so we could kind of uh, lay back and take it easy. And uh, producer Steve uh, put out awesome show notes and that I was looking at. It and he said, where's mine? And uh, Professor had been up to Field of Dreams recently. And all I could remember is that scene in the movie. Remember when Kevin Costner comes out and says, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Remember at the very end of the movie. At the very, very, at, end, of at the very end of the movie, and I think that uh, that is exactly mm-hmm. that. And and, I, and but the thing about that is that is a core emotion. That's not something like, "Hey, man, I'm hungry." No, that's not something. That is something that is about a, a, a that's is basic and fundamental to a person and their personality if they say that 
That is a, a trait. That is their core being if they're going to say something and, and like I, that. And I don't think anybody's immune. This is why uh, I'm going to talk to in this. No, no, let me let me in this, in this second for second. That. Because, because, and I, because I'm going to talk a little, little out. My, this, this situation, and, and it's fairly close to me, my, my wife's family had a huge rift over inheritance. And, and it lasted for generations. The, that rift occurred before my wife was born, and it pretty much lasted the length of people's lives. People would, you know, one, one group of the family wouldn't talk to the other because they felt they were cheated out of an inheritance. Uh, and um, that's, but, but, but that's, where I'm going with this is that my, my wife's family, my family, were not wealthy people. Uh, they were not. They were not rolling. It. They were not in this. They didn't have anything really that accumulated. Um, but over over time, over time, certainly in retirement bills. But at, the, at this time, this happened. Nobody was really wealthy. We're not talking a whole lot of money. But what we are talking about is an attitude where money is so important it overrides everything else. And that that I think is the real definition of greed. The fear, I think greed is driven by the fear of losing one's money or not getting enough and the consequences of that. And whether it's, I've got enough now to last forever or I don't have anything, Jesus is really going after that. And he says that's a, that's a toxic attitude. But, but and, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to tender that. Mm-hmm. And let me explain why I'm tendering that. So... The reason I'm tendering that is because if you didn't know, this is this is May 11th, 2022. Sometimes I put date because I want you to know. I am faced now with, so when I run my numbers for my mother who lives in an independent living facility, we sold her house. At the beginning of the year, my number told me I had somewhere between 14 to 16 months of income left for her out of her house money. There's a deficit between her social security number and other pension numbers and what her expenses are. That number to now is 10 to 12 months because of inflation. So I, 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 I want to be careful with people saying, well, you don't have to worry about the future. And, and that, that's the only reason why, because my mother did not plan for the future, and yeah, well, that's, it's fixing to have a pretty big impact to that, me because that's, that's going to be about an $800 that's an interesting, a month. Now, now that, yeah. is, that is something, <laughs> actually, we, we, I'm glad you mentioned that because it did occur to me, and, and we've got to get Mike in on this. Um, we're, we're all, we're all, our parents were all depression babies. Yes, they were. So uh-huh. they, they were very, I know my father, to, to actually do a fault, was, was very much on, he... he he was afraid of losing money. He had to accumulate it all and was afraid of spending it. He was the type yeah. of guy who'd, who made a decent wage. Um, we, we had a decent house, but he would buy his clothes in a drugstore. That kind of, that kind of depression thinking because you, you, I, I may have the money today. I won't have it tomorrow. See, and, now, and now, in this generation, parents, the, the people who are getting no older now, yes, yeah. there is... I mean, I read if if you have a decent retirement nest egg, you're pretty atypical. So we have a situation where actually, actually, let's, let's talk about let's talk to now. our 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 readers out there. I mean, our listeners out there who 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 are well, yeah. Uh, I have nothing stored up. Am I going to rely on the Lord now? Um, so so that goes back to last week's podcast. That goes back to last week's podcast. Yes, that, that's very good. The, the question is then. Is the scripture telling us when we read, God said to him, you fool this night, you, mm-hmm. your, your life will be the man of you. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves. But you got to add those other five words, but is not rich toward God. So the mm-hmm. question here is not whether or not we should be saving as Christians, mm-hmm. right? Which is what you're about to address. And forgive me for interrupting <laughs> no, you there. No, no, but no, yeah, I, I have mean, several scriptures on that. The Bible uh-huh. does tell you to save. Mm-hmm. It does tell you to say, but it's it's so assumed that you will do it, especially the good mm-hmm. steward and the, and and the the great landowner he gave his um, his, his servants uh, what two two minus five minus two minus and then one minor. 
yes, we are to save, and not only are we to save, but we are to also make money where we can. Now, what you're what you're getting to mm-hmm. is great because it's it's not a matter of how much you make; it's how much you save. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so <laughs> where see where I think we go into it's an intersection of two thoughts is where this lies at. Yeah. So Bill talked about The End of Field of Dreams. By the way, it's a great mm-hmm. movie. If you've never mm-hmm. had the opportunity to watch it, please go watch it. It's baseball season, people. <laughs> yeah. And then second mm-hmm. of all, if you're ever near Dubuque, Iowa, please mm-hmm. go visit it. It is an m- incredible place to visit. So Bill said, what's in it for me? In training, we actually have an acronym for that. It's called the WIFM. And you build all your training around a WIFM. If I just come and data dump it to you, who cares? What's, why do I care about this? You know, that, that's where it matters. And I think the intersection of this parable is the intersection of the WIFM combined with an oldie but a goodie WWJD. What would Jesus <laughs> do? And I think the intersection of what's in it for me and what would Jesus do is where this parable and the thought behind it lies. Because like Mike, like Bill said, there is always a what's in it for me. I have to be ready for my future to a certain extent. But what's the attitude that I'm rich towards God that I have when I do it? Do I hoard my possessions, which is what this guy was literally doing, and then get lazy, as Bill said? Or do I recognize that I have been blessed and you know my family made made a decision this past year we do compassion we've done a child now for two years but we made a decision to do some significant numbers towards compassion's other projects at Christmas time has a Christmas family because my family's been blessed and that's, we don't need stuff that's <laughs> compassion international you're yeah compassion about. international and and you know and honestly not, neither one of my kids need anything. My wife and I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas is Christmas and we get things, but it's not about that. So we decided instead of spending some of the money on it, it it's what you do and how you approach when you when you have assets or when you don't have assets. It goes back to the widow's might to an extent. Yeah. How do you treat the assets you have towards God? I think the inter, I do I do think the intersection is parable is literally the intersection of the WIFM and the WWJD and how those two play together. I was kind of um, taken back by the, the fact that this author was so smug and the, uh, the farmer is a fool and stuff. Um, and yeah, and, and it goes, bill, and, and they the, kind of the went G2C for the... The article? Huh? The, the author of the study book? Yeah. Okay. And uh, and and then also he kind of bled over into entrepreneurs, um, <laughs> which which I'm more of an entrepreneur now than I am farmer. So I guess I I kind of both. And 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 I can tell you this: um, those kind of people just cheer me up. And you know, I honestly I where whether where there's a new beginning, there's an end to something, and. So this this guy maybe was getting out of farming or whatever, but basically the people that I know that are entrepreneurs and stuff, they're not sedentary. They're not, and they throw off a, a kind of energy. And and I think I honestly believe that a big part of this um, is to stay engaged in life, be be valiant, and you know be productive and be engaged and that's one thing like uh what my dad did really well he uh he spread his money around uh and like he said he goes that's the american way i do what i do best and i hire the rest and that really is the american way you hire other people that do what they do and that makes that makes the world go round and that's also being a part of the community also. Um, and my dad, and just like most farmers, they are asset rich but cash flow poor. 
I understand that. And and that's one thing. And then the second thing a lot of people don't understand about farmers is this: they are the only people in the world that buy retail and sell wholesale. They buy everything retail, but then they sell their stuff as commodities wholesale by the bushel and stuff. So they get the lowest possible price. So. And and so when when I when I read that and I know this is a church thing and we're not supposed to have like the negative vibes but I'm just telling you man it's not a church answer uh, dude I, I was you're right you're absolutely right I was a little disappointed we usually get I mean let let let's the, the the books are usually excellent but I was a little disappointed the way he attacked farmers and entrepreneurs entrepreneurs aren't most of the entrepreneurs I know are there just build something to do something. They're not in it for... They, they, yeah, they will get wealthy if they're good at it, but they, they don't stop. They do something else. They, they, they succeed. They fail. And yes, they, keep they, going. they, create, they create things. I, I think that's why I go back to what I was saying, that you don't have to be rich to be greedy. This, is, this is, can affect... This attitude that the farmer has in this story is not isolated to a wealthy person. The entrepreneurs who are in there working honestly 12 to 14 hours a day usually but most of them i have respect for them because they're working and they're very passionate about yeah. what they're doing oh absolutely they right and the, absolutely and another thing about this is to me i would guess that this person that I, that this whole the whole parable is about is about inherited because someone that actually is working something you're not about to just give up on it you know i mean that's your baby that i mean you, you're you're into it and but there's go ahead do you think that's the analogy here that uh-huh. that i mean jesus is using a farmer but he's coming in in response to a question about inheritance, inheritance. is he it, because as i oh, said yes, it's, immediate. it's a he windfall so fast. it's, it's not a windfall. something this guy expected and it's just something it, actually the attitude applies more to unearned, unearned money. Unearned money. Yeah, no. Unearned money, but it's also, I, I really do, like I said, I think the intersection of this parable mm-hmm. is the WIFM combined with the WWJD. Right. You know, how do you approach, how do you approach your assets? But yeah, I, I think there is something to it. It's unearned income. It's, I want something given to me. Mm-hmm. By the way, <laughs> by the way, boys and girls, and I'm going to say it that way, because um, I saw a nice study today that suggested that the current crop of college students and college grads all think they're going to earn $103,000 a year when they graduate uh, in their first no. job. That's all? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up. going to talk about, uh, well, not income uh, when we get back. Uh, Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. No church answers. Podcast number 253, and we are talking about the parable of the farmer and talking a little bit about uh, inherited wealth. And, you know, uh, just to wind back a little bit about retirement, and I know that's on a lot of people's mind, and I'm at the age they have a lot of friends that are retiring and and that kind of thing. And and I just want to tell you guys out there uh, that are listening, um, my retirement plan is in full motion it's work till i drop and uh, that i pick what you like and do it until you can't that is basically uh uh what what i'm doing and there's a certain amount of as we as we get older um let it 
fly because who knows who knows if you're even gonna get there and i know you have to plan when you're a when you're a young person and stuff but i could tell you this i know and, and matter of fact uh one of the guy was on the tech team here at our church he couldn't wait to retire and I think he they ended up retiring him early and then he passed away before he even made it to retirement age but he'd been talking about it for 15 Modi? years. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Remember? Yeah. I mean and that's hor- that is horrible. That that segues to the question I want to cover in this segment. <laughs> oh, because here because we go. <laughs> Okay, at the end of the parable God appears and says <laughs> You your fool. life is gonna he calls him a fool but he says your life is gonna be asked for you tonight okay what do you do what's this guy do now he knows he knows he's on the clock he's not gonna see sunrise man what get out the get do? out the checkbook i would oh absolutely. start uh, man i start writing okay. checks man here oh, you go this Lord, one's to you Lord, who can i write it to right? that's well, right i just asked yeah. him yeah. he may or well, may not answer you but well hey. and 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 is this is this the ultimate of the parable? Store up, but no, be, to be, be rich in God. Be yes, prepared. Right. Already be Keep, prepared. Be prepared. Don't wait till it's have your last that night. Because, because yeah. then, yeah, it, you're, you're there. Yeah, you're there. You're it's there. too late. You've had all, ample time to acknowledge me, to give your tithes and offerings, to give whatever you haven't been given, to say thank you, and you haven't done it. It's too late, bud. You know, he's in that same situation almost. I mean, well, uh, I know I, I don't I don't want to exploit a friendship, but what do you think of at that moment? Here I am. I'm about to retire, and and I know this is the big. I know I'm going to die in this. I, very I, I do have a friend yeah. who worked at Sears Roebuck, and at 66 years old, he had a retirement and a retirement party on the way he died. That morning, on the way to the retirement well, party? He, oh, wow. Pardon me. He never made it out of the house. My apologies. Oh, okay. He woke wow. up that morning on that day and went to the restroom and fell over. Oh, so here's, here's another... It can happen anytime. And not only that, but here here's... I. And and, and think of, close, close your eyes and you can think about this, you guys out there. You know that little weasel person? You know... He kind of a wormy dude has a pretty successful parents or maybe dad and he's just sitting back there and he's you know he's lazy he's just waiting for dad to die so he can get that money don't be that guy don't i know i, 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 know yeah, die like that. Your dad. I, I, I think right. this parable is directed to those guys oh yeah. absolutely I, I, I think i think there is a element of this parable that is totally directed to i, th- I think they're this, this is like a lot of Christianity. There is not a, there is not a, and, and this is where a lot of our fundamentalist friends get it wrong. There is not, are there black and whites in Christianity? Yeah, there is. Jesus is the son of God. He was born of a virgin. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. You know, after you get, he's coming again. After you get past some of the, the big stuff, there's a lot of layers to things. And I think this parable, there's definitely a layer of this parable about attitudes of money. There's there's another part about it where it's it's what you said, Bill. Keep your you know, keep your Keep well, rolling. Keep rolling. Well, well, keep working and don't be lazy. We're, we're all necessary. There's a. This is a. We're all part of a big machine. That, yeah. I mean, that farmer. Okay, put up a big barn. Store that grain. You got lucky this year, but you know what? In the spring, get that seed out. Get the tractor out, man, and get out there in that field. I mean, because it's not going to last forever. Yep. You know, you got to keep rolling. Well, it, it, it's. I'm in oil and gas. Work for an oil and gas company, and last year my company lost somewhere around the neighborhood of ninety five million, somewhere in that. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I just saw the number in it. Stuff. That's why they hired you. No. Yeah, I, I'm not going to make that much up. But this year we made. But this year we made a. This past year we made 130 million dollar profit. And of course the people are starting in. Oh my God! Look at all that profit they made. Yeah, okay. We lost 95 the year before. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> you know, it, but it, but it's one of those. It's the same thing, Bill. Like you said, he may have had a good year. 
No guarantee. But next next year, year, maybe a drought. You may not have a good one. So you've got to prepare and plan. And and I think this guy's attitude of, I'm done. <laughs> Mailing it in, man. And party time. And, and I think. Good night, when, everybody. When, when men get to the point in their career, and, and we're all there. And we talked about this a couple of times about where you miss a step in your career. You, you know, I can honestly tell I'm slower now, certain things, mm-hmm. than I was 10 years ago. You know, I, I can tell. You know, I'm, 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 I have to get seven hours of sleep a night now. It drives me crazy mm-hmm. that I have to do that. But it, it's learn how to make those adjustments so you're still moving productively. Not, oh, I'm done. I'm going to get good. I think part of the problem Jesus had with this, with this guy was in the story, and part of the illustration is his attitude about, I'm done. I have made it. I I'm, I'm I, I don't I have little issues with that because I don't I don't think I think some of it I think all of it I think comes down to gratitude. Yep. I, I think I, I don't want to get too wrapped up in the idea he should be working he should be having his nose to the grindstone. I think he should be participating. I, I like I like the way you've put it, Bill. But I, I don't condemn him that much for wanting to take it easy if he has the means to do that. I don't think he gave proper gratitude for it. That gratitude is missing. It's all me. It's a very selfish un, under, undercurrent. undercurrent of this right. um, to, to, the, to his whole attitude. And um, that, I think, is the problem here. Uh, more well, than, it, it, it's um, like I said. I don't. I think this guy harvested to the road. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> and, and you know we can. Yeah, we can read read that. Certainly, he certainly doesn't see. Uh, doesn't doesn't see. He's, it's, it's all in it for himself. There's no and, doubt about and, that. And he that is that is an assumption. It's not in the text mm-hmm. on my part, by the way. He doesn't <laughs> consult the real boss. Mm-hmm. You notice he's oh, yes. Oh, oh. yes. There you go, Mike. There you <laughs> go, Mike. Drop. What shall I do? <laughs> I have no place to store my crops. And he said. This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns. I will store my surplus. And I'll say to myself, self, you have plenty of yes. laid up for many I'm years. I'm awesome. Take it easy. Uh, he didn't say, wife, what do you think? <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I say that um, humorously. But the, 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 uh, if, if there's a little bit of humor in this, I was looking at one of the interpretations of this scripture by a pastor. And he was giving his uh, opinion. He says, you know, he says, he says, I really need to stand outside the door and, and really ask my congregants as they leave and, and ask them what they were thinking at of during my sermon because I know they weren't all thinking about my sermon. So he gave the example. He says, I know the young boys are looking at the hot-looking girls over there and saying, hey, I wonder who that babe is. And the hot-looking girls are looking at the cute guys and saying, I wonder who that cute guy is. And the husband is sitting in there in the pew and he's thinking, what am I going to do this afternoon when I get home? Instead of listening to the you're, sermon, you're assuming right? he's awake. Yes, it, okay. it's hilarious. Okay. And then, and then the wife's thinking of what he's, she's going to cook for dinner. And, and he makes the point that you listen four times faster than you speak. So he says, there's plenty of time for people sitting in the pews to develop other thoughts in between his little statements and phrases. And so he says, he says, look at Jesus. He says, now I don't feel so bad after this. He says. Jesus, folks, if you go back to Luke, right before he tells this parable, he's preaching about the horrible character of the Pharisees. And he's also telling them, he says, he's, he's saying, look, don't be afraid of those people. And he's telling the disciples and the, the big crowd is gathered. He says, don't be afraid of uh, those who can destroy your body. Be afraid of the one who can destroy your body and your soul. So he's hitting them with some heavy stuff. And he says, and out of the blue pops this guy in the back says, says, Jesus, tell my brother to, to, to uh, uh, share the inheritance with him. Has nothing to do with the sermon he's talking about. Context for my statement. Context for my statement. It has been proven we speak at 150 words a minute. We can think up to 300 and 400 words a minute. Yeah. Or, Listen to three to four hundred words a minute, but we think it over two thousand words a minute. Now, immediately, so, what does Jesus do? Scientifically, he goes proven. to the parable yep, of, of the, the farmer. farmer. Yep. So the there again, you guys have both hit this very clear. This guy is worried about money because what's it? Our security. 
if we're not careful, we put our life and our security and our savings, and, right? And you actually, guys mentioned yes, this. But what's, what's just as important as what comes before this parable is what comes after. Yes. Yes. Okay. With that, I'm going to go ahead and get some uh, final thoughts from the fellas as we wrap up uh, this particular podcast and this parable. And to Steve Titch. And it is very interesting as to where this parable appears because, as you, as, as you pointed out, Mike, Jesus, initially, he's talking about, again, he's doing a very serious sermon about being, being aware of the real dangers to your soul. After that, but then, comes the, the famous uh, lilies of the field quote, mm-hmm. where Jesus says, you know, he kind of punctuates this parable as, don't worry about this. Exactly. Don't, don't worry. God yes. will provide yeah. in his own way. And he points to the lilies of the field, and then the second element of that is keep your lamps burning. The, the knock on the door might come any minute and just be ready. So you've got those two things you brought up right after this parable. One as don't worry about material stuff. The God will provide them. It's, he says flat out, God knows you need them and will provide, but seek first his kingdom. That's where your treasure is, is your heart will be. So, you know, get your soul straight. Get straight with God and don't worry about And the reason to get straight with God, because your hour might be pretty soon. That's right. Judge, how about you? All right. Uh, folks, couple takeaways here, a couple things, and uh, guys can probably add on to what I'm going to say. Uh, folks, be aware of your own desires and how important they are in your life. Uh, be aware whether or not money controls you, okay? Self-centered. This was a characteristic of the farmer in this particular parable. Very self-centered. I, me, 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 me. I want to do this. I'm going to do that. Everything like that. He did not recognize God. He did not recognize him as a source of all good things and our provider. Even if we do thank God and appreciate him, we must share what he has given us and share back with him. Now, folks, selfish. We can be selfish and we can hurt ourselves in a short period of time. Uh, For instance, take Adam and Eve. Y'all know I refer back to them quite a bit. Adam and Eve did not hate God. They just made a terrible decision with their desires to have something they did not need, and that was to buy the forbidden fruit. And, of course, we've talked about this many times, folks. Adultery can be a short event that destroys our marriage and our family when we pursue our personal desires, and we live self-centered to please ourselves. So how do we defend against this selfishness, these self-characteristics? And, folks, I can tell you, I'm not free of it, being a Christian, I have to control those all the time, and I have to ask the Lord to control them. First of all, put God first in your life. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and give your tithe and offering to God. And and when you do this, when you put this in order, it'll be much easier to help to love your neighbor. Number two, put our family's needs before our own desires. If they need something, step aside and get them what they need first. This is another way of showing God you love him. Love our neighbors, we love ourselves. Share our wealth, which God has given us, uh, to those who need it, the poor people, the widows, the orphans. Enjoy today, and this is very, very important that we've hinted at and we've talked about, folks. Enjoy today. Do your place, your joy, uh, pardon me, do you place your joy on having something in the future, or do you enjoy your happiness and your joy right now, every day? Remember, Remember when you used to think, I cannot wait till I get such and such. Don't do that, folks. Enjoy this day. It's nice to look for something and have hope to get something in the future, but don't let it control your happiness or joy. And finally, folks, make amend with your neighbors. Tell your wife you love her. Tell your children you love them also because you don't know that you'll be here tomorrow. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu. Our attitude towards things and money and savings, you know, is all related back to uh, what what I'm calling the intersection of a whiffum. Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? I still don't know what that is. And <laughs> what 
and then and WWJD. What would Jesus do? How do we treat the what's in it for me and temper it with the what would Jesus do? How do we apply our faith to the things we want and to the things we have? And I think the admonition of this rich young farmer, rich farmer was the way you approached wealth was not the way that God would have you approach wealth. And that's what makes one of the things I'll say again and again, true Christianity is the most countercultural faith ever. Because it says it's not about who has the most toys. It's about you have a lot of toys. What are you doing with those toys? It's not about do you pray, but what do you pray? And how do you respond to that prayer? That's what makes our faith countercultural. And that's what makes the way we approach faith so important as a man. Excellent. And with that, uh, we've come down to the end of uh, this has been a great podcast because uh, uh, it actually kind of changed me. Anytime I hear somebody say, where's mine? I'm going to say, who who cares? You're going to die soon. Uh, Anyway, so thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. And it's no church answers. Thanks so much for our to our sponsors and supporters. So on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu. My name is Bill Cox, and our podcast is available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Please rate our podcast, leave a review. And if you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. And if you are unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service on Facebook, YouTube, SugarlandBaptist.org starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. We want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is meant only if there is one. Start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.